Hello, and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer, or Mid-East Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan didn't miss a beat during his address to the United Nations General Assembly, insisting that he, unlike the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, would not accept a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that is not endorsed by the Palestinians. Mr. Erdogan's solemn pledge may earn him brownie points with large segments of Middle Eastern and Muslim public opinion, critical of the establishment of diplomatic relations between Israel and the two Gulf states, but does not strengthen his weak hand. The UAE, with whom Mr. Erdogan is at loggerheads over Libya, Syria, and the future of political Islam, may have less clout than it thinks in bringing Israelis and Palestinians back to the negotiating table, but has, for now, more cards to play. What those cards are worth will only emerge over time. The UAE is betting that a combination of soft power, garnered through recognition of Israel, and close security, economic, and technological cooperation will enable it to convince the Israeli government that an independent Palestinian state is in Israel's interest. While there is little reason to believe that the UAE will succeed where others have failed in recent decades, Emirati leaders, in contrast to Turkey, potentially could, in cooperation with Israel, also try to impose an unpopular Palestinian figure who has close ties to the U.S., Emirati, and Israeli leadership. The move would be designed to install a leader who would be more conducive to engaging in peace talks on terms that hold out little hope of meeting long-standing Palestinian aspirations. It is a scenario that 84-year-old Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas appears to be taking seriously and appears to be trying to preempt. The Democratic Reform Bloc, a political group headed by Mohammed Dahlan, a controversial Abu Dhabi-based former Palestinian security chief, believed to be close to Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed, the UAE's de facto ruler, said dozens of his supporters had been arrested or summoned for questioning by Palestinian security forces in recent days. Mr. Dahlan appeared to be walking a fine line when he recently denied any role in mediating relations between the UAE and Israel. Mr. Abbas's suspicions stem from an unsuccessful effort last year by the UAE to engineer a deal in which Hamas, the Islamist group that controls the Gaza Strip, would share power with Mr. Dahlan. Mr. Dahlan went into exile in the UAE in 2007 after Hamas defeated his U.S.-backed efforts to thwart the group's control of Gaza. U.S. President George W. Bush described Mr. Dahlan at the time as our boy. He has since been indicted by Mr. Abbas's Palestinian Authority on corruption charges. UAE recognition of Israel constituted an acknowledgement that the 18-year-old Arab peace plan that offered Israel diplomatic relations in exchange for land and a Palestinian state had produced naught. 
in its rivalry with Turkey, whose assertive support for the Palestinian cause has likewise failed to produce results so far, the UA is banking on the expectation that it has the upper hand in getting not only Israeli, but also the attention of Washington, that under US President Donald Trump has disregarded Palestinian rights. The UA assumes that it will be able to capitalize on the fact that Emirati recognition of Israel has further complicated Turkey's relations with its NATO ally, the United States. Turkey's relations with the U.S. are already troubled by U.S. support for Syrian Kurds, Turkish military backing of the Libyan government in Tripoli, tensions between Turkey and Greece, another NATO ally in the eastern Mediterranean, and Turkey's acquisition of Russia's S-400 anti-missile defense system. The Trump administration hopes to finalize by December the sale of F-35 fighter planes to the UAE in the wake of the deal with Israel. Earlier, it canceled Turkey's acquisition of the same plane in response to the country's S-400 deal with Russia. For now, Turkey can look at appreciation by important segments of Arab public opinion as an upside of its strident support for the Palestinians. Seeking to capitalize on its Palestinian goodwill, Turkey has been attempting to end the rift between Mr. Abbas's al-Fatah movement and Hamas in a bid to get the Palestinians to agree on elections and the formation of a joint government. The two groups agreed during talks this week in Istanbul to work together and hold long overdue elections in the next six months. The joker in Turkish Emirati differences over Israel and Palestine is the upcoming U.S. presidential election in November. Irrespective of who wins, Turkey has lost to the UAE the beneficial mantle of being Israel's best Muslim friend. Nonetheless, an electoral victory by Democratic challenger Joe Biden, who is expected to be more critical of arms purchases by the UAE and other Gulf states and take them to task on human rights issues, could put both Turkey and the Emirates on the back foot. A Biden victory would be for Turkey a lost opportunity. The very issues that are at the core of its strained relations with the UAE are likely to complicate its relations with a democratic administration. Recent media reports reminded Mr. Erdogan that Mr. Biden had described him in a conversation with the New York Times early this year as an autocrat. The Democratic candidate suggested that the U.S. should embolden his opponents to defeat him in elections. In the conversation, Mr. Biden mentioned other issues, including the Kurds, Syria, and tension in the eastern Mediterranean, that do not bode well for U.S.-Turkish relations should the Democrat occupy the White House. Mr. Biden is expected to be also critical of the UAE's interventions in Yemen and Libya. Nonetheless, the UAE, despite its own issues with the US, is likely to still find itself in a better place in Washington, no matter who emerges victorious from the November election. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. 
A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. Best wishes, and take care in these trying times.